Welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, show number 229, where we interview Nathan Kennedy from the New Money Podcast and get some advice for our younger listeners to help put them on the right path financially straight out of high school or college. I always talk about in content that, yes, you're young and you've got a lot of time, but that's all the more reason to get started now because it'll be easier along the way versus, um, you know, kind of backloading it and then having to, you know, I don't know, invest like $5,000 a month just to make retirement, you know, and, and there's a lot of scenarios where that happens. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mindy Jensen. And with me, as always, is my high flying co-host, Scott Trench. Thank you for, as always, for piloting these intros, Mindy, that oh, always a new one every week. <laughs> I'll, I'll do better next time. <laughs> <laughs> Usually you're pretty good. Scott and I are here to make financial independence less scary, less just for somebody else. To introduce you to every money story, because we truly believe financial freedom is attainable for everyone, no matter when or where or how young you're starting. That's right. Whether you want to retire early and travel the world, go on to make big time investments in assets like real estate, start your own business, or maximize your potential in your early 20s, we'll help you reach your financial goals and get money out of the way so you can launch yourself towards those dreams. Scott, I am so excited to talk to Nathan today. He is a recent college grad and he has learned some lessons from his financial missteps and his financial experiences in high school and college. So he's here today to share those with our younger listeners. So moms and dads, if you have kids who are in high school or college, this is a great episode to encourage them to listen to or to listen to with them because we're talking about things that you can do now, before you get into big, bad habits financially, that will help secure your financial future. Yeah, absolutely. I really enjoyed talking to Nathan. I think, you know, my big theme from the episode um, kind of really, really kind of gotten it going in the second half of the episode as well, where we start talking about what Nathan is doing on a day to day and week to week basis to just crush it, right? The, the way he sets goals, the way he works out, the way he listens and self-educates, the way he saves and automates that, the way he um, constructs his vision for his life, prioritizes family, all that kind of stuff. These are the habits I think that he's forming in his early 20s that are going to propel him rapidly toward financial independence. And I think you're going to, I think that if you can attempt to emulate that in the first year or two out of college, um, for, for those listening, that is just going to set your, your whole life on a completely different trajectory than I think the normal in America. I could not agree more. Remember when you had to pay to get a leads phone number? It was like the dark ages until Deal Machine made skip tracing a thing of the past. Now, with your Deal Machine plan, you'll get unlimited access to phone numbers and contact information for no extra cost. That's right. Get high quality, reliable information trusted by leading financial institutions, all fully compliant with the federal do not call list. Explore over 150 data points, including age, gender, marital status, occupation, and a ton more. Trust me, this is the data you need for off-market deals. With new filters, people flags, and color-coded phone numbers, lead management just got a ton easier. Ready to step up your investing game? Sign up for a Deal Machine plan today and gain immediate access to this unlimited treasure trove of contact information and phone numbers. Just head to dealmachine.com BP. Transform your lead generation and deal-making strategies with Deal Machine. Sign up today and start exploring the unlimited possibilities at dealmachine.com slash BP. 
This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that I turned one of my first homes into an Airbnb? It's true. And it even helped me get the extra income I needed to launch my real estate career. So if you want to try your hand at making even more income with your property, Airbnb is the place to be. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions. Nathan Kennedy, welcome to the Bigger Pockets Money podcast. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I'm, I'm even more excited, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Today, we are talking about things that our younger listeners can do to set themselves up for financial brilliance, or at least not financial devastation. So this episode is really aimed at our younger listeners. If you're coming out of high school, coming out of college, this is right up your alley. And mom and dad, this is a great episode to listen to when you are driving with your kids in the car and have a great discussion about this. Um, so we, whew, let's jump right into it, Nathan. Let's learn a little bit about you. Where'd you start? Well, honestly, firstly, guys, thank you so much for having me on. Um, yeah, I mean, from a very young age, you know, don't want to do the full life story thing, but uh, money was always a topic that my mom wasn't afraid to speak about. And I, that's served me pretty well through my life, just kind of having an awareness of it and, and sort of knowing the value of a dollar. Um, but in terms of financial literacy, you know, it, it took me a while to actually figure out that I was not where I would like to be. Um, you know, I think fast forward to university, I'm going out, I'm spending money a little bit recklessly, but I'm ignorant to the fact that, you know, I, I think that I'm good with money just because my parents would talk about it with me and I'm like aware of it, I'm sort of like more humble background. Um, but I actually didn't know the fundamentals. I wasn't, you know, making a budget. I wasn't doing anything like that. And so what happened for me that was sort of like my aha moment was on a whim, I just was like, how much money did I spend just going out one semester? And you added it up and it was like, I think it was like $2,500. Like I was floored, like absolutely taken aback, just was like, okay, this is, this is not cool. I am not who I say I am kind of moment. Like, and so I really had to humble myself and, and I kind of just dove into, um, you know, every financial literacy content, like, you know, podcasts, books, audiobooks, um, blogs, blogs were huge. Uh, Mr. Money Mustache, all that kind of stuff really just dove right in and, uh, never, never turned back. And so I just fell in love with it. Uh, so much so that a few years later I started the podcast and, uh, now I talk about it and that's pretty much where I am now. I want to go back just a moment. You said you spent money recklessly. 
I typed it out. I spent money recklessly in university, but I thought I was good with money. I think that's really important to to focus on for a minute, because if you think you're good with money, you might just put your guard down, you know, Mm -hmm. relax a little bit and then, oh, yeah, I'm good with money. I can buy one extra beer or I can go out to dinner tonight because like I'm not paying attention to it, but I know with good I'm good with money, so I'll be okay. And that's a really important point. Like if you don't pay attention to it, it can get away from you rather quickly. And you said you spent $2,500 that in the context of my not being a college student current spending, I'm like, well, so what? But then I'm thinking back (laughs) when I was in college, boy, $2,500 would have gone really far. Yeah, absolutely. So it was, it was one of those things where, you know, that's, that's, that's what most people, you know, a lot of people who have a problem don't know that they have a problem, you know, <laughs> like that's the kind of problem, that's part of it. Right. And so, um, you know, to, to kind of actually see the numbers and the math behind it was, was huge. And I think, um, I always talk about in content that yes, you're young and you've got a lot of time, but that's all the more reason to get started now because it'll be easier along the way versus, um, you know, kind of backloading it and then having to, you know, I don't know, invest like $5,000 a month just to make retirement, you know, and, and there's a lot of scenarios where that happens. Oh, preach, preach. Yeah. When you, what was that study? I always quote this study and I'm pretty sure it's a valid study. Not like that. 95% of all small businesses fail in the first two years. And then everybody, every time I say that, somebody will send me a note. That's not true. It's yeah. close to true. It's it's not like I'm saying 95 and it's actually only 3% of small businesses. It's really close to true. Um, but there is a study done. If you invested uh, $1,000 a month from the time you were 22 to the time you're 30 and then stopped and never invested any more money ever again, you would have more money than if you invested $2,000 a month from the time you were 30 to the time that you're 65. It's insane. 35 years of twice as much money isn't the same amount, is less than eight years of half as much money. And that's just a mind-blowing comment but math doesn't lie. Doesn't so, lie. Yeah. Don't lie. so yeah, when you're in high school, when you're in college, now is the time to make really smart money decisions that, I mean, that they can affect you decades down the road or four decades down the road. So I love this. I love this. Um, okay. So let's look at where you were financially when you graduated from high school and then where you were financially when you graduated from college. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> I didn't have, like, I maybe had a thousand dollars going into college. Like I, everything was, um, bursaries and, um, student loans, right. That's, that's how I was funded. Um, Ontario, I'm, I'm from Canada. Uh, so Ontario's, uh, student loan program is actually pretty solid. And uh, about half of, um, the funding that I got were bursaries, which I didn't have to pay back and half were loans. Um, and so what I would do is I would, kind of live off that. And then I would work a lot in the summer. Um, and another thing that I also maybe, you know, made me think that I was better was I was a really good saver. Like when I would work at an internship or whatever, I would just save all my money. And then I would just live kind of live off it during the semester or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, like, I mean, I kind of came in, just kind of did that for my, my years in university. And then um, really what was the turning point was I started to work a lot more, hustle a lot more in my later years um, to sustain my savings and, and maybe grow and started investing and things like that. And um, I did have a good amount of uh, debt coming out of school, but I was able to pay off a good amount uh, right away and and, uh, and and feel like I'm in a pretty good position uh, coming out of school too. So, Okay, let's talk actual well, numbers. Oh, sorry, Scott. Uh, let's talk actual numbers. What ahead, were you... 
what sort of debt did you have when you graduated college? And uh, how much did you pay off? And how did you pay that off quickly? Yeah. So um, essentially, when I came out of school, I had $36,000 worth of student debt. Um, but I also had around $40,000 saved up with the intention of um, paying a good amount down and then sort of uh, stretching out the the sort of a later amount. But then COVID kind of happened. Um, I, I was also thinking about, um, you know, rental property. So there's all these things that are kind of going down. And what ended up happening is I put uh, around 20, I think it was $20,000 uh, right as the moratorium period. And so you get six months worth of uh, a grace fee, uh, interest grace fee period uh, for your student loans on the federal portion. The provincial portion is accruing, but it's it's minimal. That's the, kind of just an aside. Um, so when that moratorium period ended, I put down 20 G's, was like, okay, and that's it leaves me with around 16 and I'll just kind of spread it out, pay it down. The interest rates like prime, it's around like 2%. It's not too, uh, not too, um, devastating. Um, but what the Canadian government did is they actually paused, uh, federal loan interest on that portion. Uh, and because 99% of my student loans were, um, my student loans were federal that I was just like, all right, well, I'll make my payments, but I'm not going to go over and above because it's 0%. Um, and, uh, really padded my investments and they're, they're doing pretty well right now. And, and that's kind of where I stand today. So uh, what, what year did you graduate from college? 2020, like last year. So right, right. It's the pandemic. Oh. Yeah. Right. I graduated into the pandemic. <laughs> Welcome to the world. Yeah. And so what, what has been your trajectory since graduating college with this? Like what's, what's, what's happening? Yeah. I mean, like I got a job right out of school. So I work for uh, a, a fortune 500 company and I'm in a leadership program there, which is great. Um, you know, I was able to build my, I think my portfolio now is around like 50, 60,000 ETS between work stuff and, um, work stuff and just my own personal, uh, tax advantage accounts. Um, I've got around $25,000 cash because I'm looking into potentially going all in with the podcast, maybe, maybe a little bit of a padded emergency fund there. Um, and that's, that's pretty much where I'm at. And I think I have around $11,000 outstanding on, um, on my, my student loans and then no credit card debt or any other kind of debt, car debt, nothing like that. And this has all been accumulated from savings at, at work for the most part and just applying it to in investments in a, in a, in I guess a market that has probably done pretty well since you started <laughs> investing seriously. It, it, you probably started right around that dip in March or April of last year. Yeah. I mean, I have been investing probably since 2017, but, um, you're right. Like it's just been rosy. And I mean, there was a bleak two months there. Uh, that's the, that's the only bleak two months of my entire investing career, if you want to call it that. So it's one of those things where I've just been lucky to be started in bull market. I think a lot of investors have. Um, but uh, yeah, just continue to, to invest for the long term. That's what we always talk about. And uh, I, I just continue to do that. It also sounds like you worked throughout college, like mm -hmm. summers and I'm assuming winter break. Did you have a job during the school as well? Yeah, yeah. So I bartended a lot uh, through school, through the summer. Like that was my go-to. I, I think that the really the the tips and the money and the the people and the whole vibe was was what I lo loved. And and I really thought that you know I got a lot of what I put into it. So if I'd work long hours, if I'd 
give great customer service, it, it would, uh, directly correlate to how much money I walked away with tips, et cetera, et cetera. And so, but parlaying that, I also would do like on-campus jobs. I, I think I researched every bursary, every student, you know, every scholarship, you know, while you're in school, a lot of people think scholarships are before school. There's so many scholarships that you can apply for while you're studying. And so I just applied to every single one I can, and I was able to land a few there, uh, some bursaries as well. And it's remarkable. And I, you know, I can't necessarily speak for the States, but at least in Canada, um, and I'd imagine the States as well, there are so many, there's so much money up for grabs. There's so much money out there. And so, you know, kind of doing, working as hard as I could while also finding, call it easier opportunities to apply to under, under, um, under applied to scholarships, bursaries, et cetera, I was able to really, uh, you know, fund my, fund my education and, um, you know, come out of school pretty okay. Okay. I've got about 17 points to make on all that you just threw at us. So <laughs> first of all, I'm not familiar with the term bursary. Can you share what that is? Is that like a Canadian thing? It's like a scholarship. It's essentially like money that they give you. You don't have to pay it back. Okay. Oh, uh, I think we call that a grant here. Grant. Uh, would yeah, the, would same you say thing. that's a grant? Um, Literally okay. the exact yep. same thing. Yep. Uh, most of our listeners are in America, so I just want to translate Canadian English into American English for, <laughs> for those listening. <laughs> no uh, but I've also never heard that term before, so that's interesting. Okay, you started off saying you were a bartender. Mm -hmm. To everybody listening. If you have the opportunity to be either a bartender or a waitress or a cocktail waitress, take that opportunity because you make so much money, <laughs> yeah. so much money. Oh my goodness. I used to like easily clear a hundred dollars on a weeknight mm -hmm. being a waitress. And then on the weekends, I would bring home $200 a night. Of course I was working Friday and Saturday night. I wanted $400 plus one more shift is $500. Yeah. I could make so much money. And if I'm working at the bar, I'm not out spending money at the bar. So, and being a bartender, I watched the bartenders. I was a waitress and I was making $200, but the bartenders are making like three and $400. Oh, it's crazy. And you don't have to yeah. work at a student bar. You can go off campus and work at like a, a real bar. Yeah. Um, sorry, apologies to all of you who have student <laughs> bars, but students aren't rich. So- they don't have tons of money to tip, but like employed people are rich and or they want to appear rich, so they will tip better. So yes, oh yes, yes, yes. Learn how to make drinks. It is such a good skill. It's so to fun have too because you and it's fun. So it fun. was all. It's hard to be in a bad mood when you're waiting tables on people that are happy all over the place. Yep. Ah, okay. So second, um, I just learned, I was today years old when I learned that you had, you could still apply for scholarships while you're in college. I didn't Absolutely. know that. Um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. There was a, there was an article a thousand years ago, this woman sat her daughter down and said, I don't have any money for college. So if you want to go to college, you have to apply for grants and scholarships and things like that. And she applied and she got something like three hundred thousand dollars in student in scholarships she didn't even apply for student loans she got all this money simply because she applied and in many cases she's the only applicant oh Absolutely. what was the episode with zach gautier was it episode 41 or was that kyle mast i usually have these right on the tip of my tongue um 64 maybe it was 64 anyway this ep our episode with uh sorry while i find this people take your time you can listen to me around 64 <laughs> episode 64 with Zach Gautier he has 900,000 ways to pay for college 
and one of them is applying for scholarships. But there are so many ways to fund college outside of student loans. If you take your junior and senior year of high school and sit down and apply for everything, write a really great letter, write mm-hmm. that you tailor to every single application. I mean, it's a process. It's not just, you know, send it out to everybody. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a process. But write the letter, get great letters of recommendation from people who know how to write a great letter. Ask everybody to write you a letter of recommendation so that you can have them at the ready and, you know, submit them. But yeah, there's so much money available if you just put in the time to find it and talk to your uh, high school, talk to the colleges and, you know, the talk to everybody. Sometimes if you work at the college, you can get discounted tuition and the grants and the scholarships that are out there. And then you can do it in the middle of school too. I didn't even know that. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you know, and there's something you said that that's so crucial is every single student that's listening is like, reach out to your financial like department because they will help you. Like they want you to win. Like they have an interest in your success. Like they want to make sure that you're getting everything you can. And so I had, connections with several of them. They knew me like on a first name basis. Like, oh, Nate, like we don't have anything for you this month. Like check back (laughs) next month, like no joke. And so like they, you know, you don't have to just do it yourself. You don't have to just, you know, definitely you can find a ton online, but you know, these are professionals that want to see you win. Like reach out to them. And, and most college and university, even community colleges have some sort of department that, uh, you know, specializes in uh, student funding and things like that. And so like leverage the heck out of them because they are, that is what they are for. I love it. So, so besides from, you know, getting these great jobs and, and these scholarships or bursaries, mm-hmm. um, with, with, is, is, if that's the plural of those, um, did you do it? Did you do did you Did you make any mistakes or were you successful? Do you think you kind of navigated it all pretty perfectly? No, he was perfect. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> perfect. No, no mistakes. No, you know what? I think, um, really the, the biggest thing was, uh, you know, spending, it was, it was spending still, uh, being, you know, t- I'm not a very detail oriented person. I, I really have to work hard to front load and, and set up systems, but detail orientation was, was, is, is a, is a struggle of mine, honestly. And so, um, obviously budgeting requires being in the weeds a little bit. And so, that was tough when I even first started to getting to getting into this is, and even today, like I really do have more of a flexible approach, but um, just because I have that in mind, but you know, I would struggle to stay on budget for certain categories. Maybe if it was food eating out still like, um, you know, stuff like that in general, my, I feel like my spending is very much under control, but I I'd say that that's probably the biggest, uh, struggle that I have. Maybe if it's, I set up a regular cadence of checking in with my budget, um, of like, let's call it every week. It would be like every other week or something like that. So definitely there was trips and falls along the way. Um, and it wasn't as smooth as maybe I'm making it sound. Um, but, uh, I think that's been one of the, one thing that just in my life in general is, is, is making sure that I'm nailed on, on the, on the smaller details. And, um, but still sort of like keeping in mind who, who I am, my personality and things like that, um, and trying to set up a system around that as well. I really like what you said. You set up a regular cadence of checking in on your finances. That is so crucial, especially when you're starting Mm because it's the little things that add up so quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, it would slip through the cracks sometimes. And so does part of me think I could have been like way further along if I were to be a little bit more nailed on that stuff or like, of course, but I'm, I can't beat myself up over that. Right. And nobody can. Uh, And so, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing though. And 
yeah, it's, but I, even I always think I always tell people too, is, is if, if I honestly think if, if I can, if I, I don't like little small details, but if I'm able to do, make it work and do that, I think so many other people can as well. Uh, so let's talk about some of those flexible jobs that you had on campus. Yeah. So I, so my school had what's called a work study program. So essentially, I think the Ontario government would give uh, a, a boatload of money to the school and, and it's, it's it's intended for students to sort of work for it. Um, and so I had a job at a at our local gym and it was like, <laughs> it was not a very hard job. I'll be honest. You kind of just walk around the gym and you make sure that weights are put away and you make sure that people are behaving, but you're really not doing all, all that much more than that. You're just like a supervisor. And so I did that for, I think three years. Um, and it was, it was awesome because, you know, I, I, I like to work out a lot. I worked, I would work out in the morning and then I do a shift and then I, it's on campus. So I just go to class afterward. And so I think that's money. If you can find a shift on campus, uh, if, if it's not there, if it's at like a, a local restaurant, you work at the Starbucks or you work at, you know, the McDonald's that's on campus or whatever it is. Um, it's just so, um, convenient for your life and you can just go to work and then go to school and then go to work or whatever it is. So yeah, no, that, that was, that was, uh, that was the only job really I had. Were you able to do uh, homework at that job or was it, was it kind of demanding your full attention while you, you couldn't have your phone? Like th that's the one thing. So like, you keep that in mind, but they were really strict. Like you couldn't do anything but that, right? So you couldn't, you weren't, you know, upstairs doing homework, things like that. And, and even though there would be times where I'm like, shoot, like I, I need to be studying. I got a midterm after this, but um, yeah, no, that that was the one thing that uh, you you couldn't do. You had to be fully engaged on walking around. <laughs> okay, well, that's still you're getting your steps in, and mm -hmm. you know, you're. I'm sure you can as you're putting the weights away. Ooh, let me just get a little up, pump. Yep. Put them down. Get yourself a little workout as you yeah. go through. Or like, here, let me show you the proper stance for that. And then do your 10 squats. Um, <laughs> my husband got a job at the computer lab. And we're older. This was a long time ago. But there was not a lot to be done. Sometimes the printer would jam or somebody would need help with a program. But for the most part, he just kind of sat there. And he didn't make a lot of money. But mm -hmm. he was getting paid while he was able to work on his homework. Yeah, that's awesome. And that's, if you can find something like that, where it's cool, like that's, that's, it's permissible to do that, then do that because then you're killing two birds with one stone. Yeah, that's, you know, a little bit of think outside the boxness is mm. so beneficial and can just really propel you. He didn't have to go to work and then come home and study, which is very different than your bartending gig. You're yeah. probably not going to be able to sit there and study unless there's a big snowstorm, in which case you don't want to do that anyway, because you just would rather be home than sitting around. But yeah, um, there was not a lot of times to study when I was waiting tables, but that's okay too. Um, I made a lot more money than I think my husband was like $5 an hour or something at the computer lab. So again, that was a while ago, yeah, early yeah. 90s. That's easy money though. That's easy money. Yeah, that it's very easy money. What were some mistakes that you were making while you were in university? And what were some of the mistakes that you saw your friends making? So I think, like I said, the biggest, the biggest mistake was even just because I don't, I don't necessarily want to say it's a, a mistake to go out and spend money and enjoy yourself because you're young and that's what those years are for. Um, but I think there's definitely a way to have the best of both worlds where you're um, making sure that you're allocating money and you're, you're being responsible because like, I still had fun. I still went out. I still 
had the whole student experience, but I was definitely more calculated about it. Uh, and so, yeah, like that was, that was the first half of university like that, that I was just kind of mindless. Like I was, I was doing reckless. Like to me, the reason I'm, I say that is because I would go to the ATM with my credit card and take out money. And like, that is like a whack load of fees plus cash advance plus just a disaster. Like the last thing you should do financially is to do something like that. And so that that's what I'm talking about when like, I just wouldn't really care. Um, and so that was the biggest thing for me. And that's why I always talk about it so much is you can, you can have just, you can have even an even better time and save like, a, like, 75% of the money you would have otherwise spent. I think in terms of like maybe stuff that I saw, maybe reasons why I started the podcast is because no student is talking about money or rather they're joking around about how little they know. I would find that so much in conversation that it'd be like, how do I money? Like, haha, like it's very accepted um, that it's just like, ah, like it's, it's, we, we all don't know what we're doing. And that would like be like, dang, like I kind of, I kind of don't like that. Like I don't want to do something about that. Um, but I found that I would devour financial content and things like that. But I totally was like, yeah, like this just doesn't land for a lot of, uh, a lot of folks that are around my age, because it's just, you could just fall asleep if you're not completely like invested in it. So that's why I started the podcast is because I'm very candid on my podcast. I'm just me just kind of talking about the concepts. And I think, I think I I'd like to think that, that it lands a lot better because it's just as if me and you, I always say, it's always just me. It sounds like me and you are just having a drink together and I'm just telling you like it is or whatever the case is. And that sits a lot better. It's more relatable for folks um, versus kind of listening to an audio book. That's to me is like the most fascinating thing in the world, but maybe to most, you know, 20 somethings, it probably put them to sleep. <laughs> well, and you said you had the best of both worlds. You would work and you would be conscious of your money and you would still go out and have a good time. Mm-hmm. It isn't black and white. It isn't you can either have a good time or save your money. You mm-hmm. can do a little bit of both. I mean, what are some free things you can do? You can go on a picnic or go on a hike or go on a bike ride or you know, do things outdoors where there's not a lot of money being spent or any money being spent, you can pregame it at home, buy a six pack for your house and then still go out and have, you know, one drink at $5 instead of five drinks at $5, you know, absolutely. And I don't want to just surround it on drinking, but let's be honest. (laughs) Um, That's what it is. (laughs) Scott, did you ever have alcohol in college? Never. Never, No, no, never. was not the, I thought about money in terms of the amount of, Cases of natural light it would purchase. <laughs> the craft beer lover in me cringes, but my dad drinks that. You got to be economical. Like you, like you said, like, you know, little tactics like that where you, you know, you go to a house party a little bit more often or you, you know, you pregame at home more. Like it's, it's funny. It's like joking around, but like, you know, dead serious. Like if you just go out, out straight out, like you're going to spend much more money, you know, splitting, splitting an Uber, like, like little things like that. Like they really, really add up. They do splitting an Uber. You should have a bicycle at college. If you're going away to college, you should have a bicycle or maybe a car if it's convenient to park it. Um, or maybe just walk everywhere because it's a college town. It's not that big. True, true. Transit systems, you know, a lot, a lot of, um, a lot oh, of I universities, a lot, yeah, a lot of universities subsidize, you know, the transit pass uh, for a lot of students. You know, that's, that's all I did. Like I, I would ride the bus a ton. I got a car in my last year, but like for most of the university, like that's what I would do. And it's usually really reliable. 
This show is sponsored by Airbnb. Did you know that a long time ago, before I ever started my real estate business, I turned one of my first primary residences into an Airbnb? And that's the extra income that I needed from Airbnb that gave me the confidence to go out and work for myself and eventually quit my nine to five job. And now I have dozens of Airbnbs all over the country. I've even partnered up with the old David Green on a recent property in Scottsdale to take our portfolio to the next level. And of course, we host it on Airbnb. But you don't need to be a full-time real estate investor to start on Airbnb. As a matter of fact, I was self-managing 10 properties while working my 9-to-5 job, so I know anybody can do it. Think about it this way. You're looking for extra income and going on a vacation. Wouldn't it be great to rent out your space and let your property pay for itself while you're gone? I did this one time. I pitched my wife and my roommate because we were house hacking on the idea of renting out our home, and it paid for all of our expenses on a trip to Mexico City. So go and give it a try. It might just change your life just like it did mine. And I really do mean that. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. It's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions. You're trying to close on your next rental, so why is your insurance company dragging its feet? With long lead times and never-ending paper forms, it's no wonder it takes forever to finally get a policy. Modern investors deserve better. They deserve Steadily.com. At Steadily.com, you'll get fast, affordable landlord insurance available online 24-7 in just a few clicks. You can even get next-day coverage, which takes just minutes, by the way, to obtain. And you can do it all from your phone. Steadily was founded by landlords who created insurance products tailored to the unique needs of this industry. It's their sole focus, and that's why landlords nationwide consistently rate them 4.8 out of 5 stars. So whether you've got a single-family, short-term, or multifamily portfolio, Steadily.com can secure the best coverage at the best price to protect your properties. Discover how Steadily can save you both time and money on your rental property insurance. Visit Steadily.com for a commitment-free quote tailored to your needs today. Real estate investing is great, but for some, the tenant phone calls and clogged toilets aren't all that attractive. So how do you invest in real estate without getting your hands dirty? Invest for truly passive income with Pine Financial Group. Pine's mortgage fund offers an 8% preferred return and an attractive profit split, with 70% of profits going to the investors. You'll earn passive income by participating in lending to house flippers. And it's secure because senior lien holders, that's you, get paid first. Their rigorous underwriting process and the backing of the physical asset provide additional security in case of borrower default. Plus, by investing with Pine Financial Group, you contribute to the revitalization of communities by redirecting your funds from Wall Street to Main Street, 
supporting local economies and generating profits simultaneously. This investment is reserved for accredited investors, but if you are not accredited, Pine Financial has options for you too. Don't miss this opportunity to back Main Street over Wall Street and start earning passive real estate income. Learn more about investing with Pine at pinefinancialgroup.com slash BP. That's pinefinancialgroup.com slash BP. Going out to your, you know, postgraduate life here, now, now that you're, you're graduated with this, you, you, you have an interesting, I think, philosophy with money, or at least that's what your, your thing says to me here is, one, you're, you're saving a ton. So you must be earning a pretty good income and saving a huge chunk of that income right now. And you're applying that money in, you know, what seems to be all stocks and then a cash emergency fund on top of that. Can you, can you talk about your philosophy with money as it as it kind of stands after college graduation and why you're why you're thinking that yeah way. absolutely I, I think you know with with kind of what I'm doing now a lot initially I was I was saving a lot of cash because I was looking to get into a property but I think and that's still you know the the goal over the next maybe two to three years but right now um I'm really like I this this whole social media thing, the podcast. It's like a business, and it's a, it's a budding business. And now I'm starting to generate income, and I'm really starting to like really invest myself in that. And so um, I want to have a, a good amount of cash. So I've started to reallocate a little bit more of my my savings towards that. Um, but as it pertains to to my investments, yes, it's like 100% stocks, mostly ETFs, some individual stocks, and that's just long term money for decades down the road, right? The whole compound interest over the long term, sort of similar to the example we talked about. And um, I'm just I'm just a big index fund guy, an exchange traded fund guy, and and so that's that's why my money is where it is. If you know if why is my money in more balanced portfolio of like maybe 50 50 bonds or things like that I, I just think you know given my time horizon you know i'm quite young i've got a lot of time to ride out the volatility um and just go after you know the appreciation of of the of the equity so that's why my allocation is as aggressive as it is um and then the cash um is just sort of on hand for if maybe just a rainy day with, with, uh, you know, the business or something like that. And, um, how, how old are you? 24, 24. Yeah. So what I want to point out is that, you know, I, I believe that people in their early twenties who accumulate $25,000, in cash, the way you have with your thought approach, you, I, I just want to completely agree with your approach and how you're thinking about this because the ROI on that 25 grand is going to be infinitely higher, I think, uh, in a risk-adjusted mm. sense. On if you bet on yourself, if you pursue a house hack, if you take a chance on a on a side hustle, um, and then betting on yourself. The first point being launching a business or doing that kind of stuff. You're going to either learn so much more or have a shot at having 100% ownership of that type of business, not having to go out and raise capital and all that mm -hmm. kind of good stuff. If you, you know, to start, start a business idea or whatever, do it completely your way. Um, that's just such a much better use of money, I think, than putting it into the index fund or into a retirement account, in my opinion. So I just wanted to, to, to commend that approach and the way you're thinking about it, because I think that's absolutely right. Um, and that is very specific to, I think, a, a certain situation in life where, where that, that applies. I think, you know, if you're, if you're 10 years into a career and have a family and all that kind of stuff, maybe, maybe it's a little different of a choice and your time mm -hmm. horizon is different. But at this point, I just, 
I think it's the, the logical approach. I think it can be hard to articulate <laughs> or hard to define exactly why it's, it's the right approach for a lot of folks. But I think more and more people should consider that. How do I get off to the races in the first year or two out of college and build up a huge chunk of cash and then use that to exploit the opportunities that are coming up around that's that's 300% right like I and I mean I'd like to say like I I, when we spoke Scott when when I was when I had a chance to to speak with you on the on the podcast like that's one thing I really took away is like you got to bet on yourself man like you you really do when you're young like you if you've got something and you think you have a shot like take the shot because you've got time to 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 see it through and it no matter what you're going to learn something from it and so like super super uh inspirational from that uh, point of view and so yeah like that's definitely it like to me it's it's money that i'm going to invest or going to have um to to go through the more if i if i decide to leave my job in a few months or whatever it is and i want to just boom give it a year go all in whatever like i've got i'm able to do that you know what i mean so that's kind of where i'm uh my my head is sort of at right now i I think we have a dramatically improved world (laughs) i'll go that far if more people did exactly what you're doing with this you don't have to take the option you can get the promotion at work and they can keep you. Um, but you can, you, you, to, to have the option, I think, is what compounds the, the probability of you re- maximizing your potential. And so as we, that's, that's fundamentally what you're doing with this. Let me ask another question. How often do you uh, work out? Uh, six days a week, six days a week. Awesome. How, how long do you work out for each uh, of Like maybe, depends, but like maybe on average, like 40, 45 minutes. Love it. How, um, how often do you, how much do you read? I, I'm a big audiobook guy. Um, but that counts or listen. listen okay. Yeah. Probably like, honestly, like probably listen to like around four hours, 4.5 hours, like between reading and, and, uh, and audiobooks per, per week. Per week. Wow. Awesome. And, and how much other self-education do you do? Uh, I mean, the, the, that's probably the biggest one, but I would say a lot of articles, a lot of like research, a lot of online stuff. Um, but, but most of, most of the education comes from either podcasts or audiobooks or reading, but there's like, I'm a, I'm like a self-improvement junkie. Like I, I live off that stuff. Like I really, like, yeah, like just as much as personal finance. Sure. I think personal finance is here, and then the self improvement stuff is like right there too. <laughs> Four hours a week is 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 an average. If each audiobook is an average eight hours, that that's twenty five books per year is the pace that you're going at um, just on the audiobooks. The four or five hours front with that. So you're working out six days a week. You're reading four to five. Uh, you're reading twenty to, to thirty book equivalents a year with with audio with this kind of stuff. You've saved up twenty-five to fifty thousand dollars, and you've already got accumulated a fifty thousand dollar portfolio one year after graduation, right? Like this is the path. I don't know what is going to happen. You, 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 here, here's the mistake you can make in your situation: is modeling it out and believing mm-hmm. the model because it will just not come true. You're just setting up so many uh, synergistic things mm-hmm. together that they will compound if you play your cards right and are reasonably opportunistic to go your way and out in excess of whatever financial model, you know, if you're listening to this and like, I'm doing all that. Yeah. Like you have to then bet on yourself with this kind of stuff, your, your mental models, you know, you, you compete, you think about like, Hey, I'm, I'm competing in the business world with somebody with 10 years of experience, right? Well, 10 years of experience is great, but I'll take the guy who's read 25 <laughs> books by different authors on that topic 
all day over the guy with 10 years of experience on that, right? I mean, there's things experience can't teach and there's things that books can't teach, right? So there's puts and takes, but one is, 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 is you know, so anyways, I just, I just can't commend you enough. I and I knew that. that after talking to you, uh, with, you, you didn't set us up with that information ahead of time, <laughs> but I could tell coming into the call that, that there's other pieces were in place in addition to the finances, which I think is really I appreciate. Cool. I really appreciate it, Scott. That's very like incredibly humbling coming, uh, you know, uh, from you in, in, in terms of like the best way possible. Like that's just like crazy that you just spoke of me in that light. So thank you for that. Um, oh, I, I just think, I think it's just, it's just fact, right? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, but, it's, 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 it isn't, it is crazy though. Like, you know, I, I, I literally didn't think about it like that until you said it like that. And you're right. Like I try to focus on the, the inputs as much as I can in terms of, okay, like, let me hit it week after week. But I haven't like, like you said, like thought, like, you know, I don't have a crazy goal in mind of terms of like, let me read like 30, 40 books, even though that is like a, a really great goal. Um, but I think it, it, when you, when you set up the inputs and you set up the, 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 the leads rather, um, to, to really set yourself up there, like, yeah. It, and then I'm like, yeah, when you were saying, I was like, I guess, I guess. Read, yeah. Read, reading, reading 30 books is kind of silly. Like, it's just, it's like, I'm just being completionist. Yeah. I like it, but read Educate self educating yeah. the equivalent of 20, 30 books on whatever is either interesting or well, let me ask you this. Are you reading just in time learning or are you are you just kind of consuming out of habit as part of it? But are you also kind of selecting materials that are relevant to what you're working on? It's probably like 90 percent like stuff that's like relevant to like where I'm trying to go with my life. And then I'd say like there's a small percentage, like maybe like some sports stuff uh, in terms of like podcasts. That I listen to just purely entertainment, but most of it is for some sort of end purpose. Awesome. Now, um, are you doing any type of goal setting on top of this? Yeah. So in my room, like I have this big, like white sort of, it's like a rollout whiteboards thing. It's actually pretty cool. Like I, I don't know if anybody's interested in it. It's on Amazon. Like it's one of those, but, um, I write out like my goals for the, for the, for the month, for the quarter and for the year. And then I kind of just have it. And to me, it's just like, I love just visually seeing it every morning. It becomes like one of those things that's just like in the background, but I try to like look at it and kind of, I have like a little checklist at the top. And to me, it's just inspiring to kind of see some of the the numbers or some of the legs that I kind of want to hit over the, over the next few months and years. I don't do anything further than like, I think I have like, and this is from like Brandon Turner, like the vivid vision. Like when he told me about that, like, well, he didn't tell me, he told everybody, but, <laughs> but, but when I heard about that, I went and read that book and, and that, that was crazy like that. And so I, you know, I have a little three-year vision at the bottom and then sort of everything that ladders up. And, um, you know, that's definitely where I, I like to, that's the word my planning is and stuff like that. Um, and the one thing that I've learned is that like, you're not going to nail every single one. Like you're just, you're going to miss sometimes. And so, kind of navigating that, um, and, and being, you know, um, kind to myself for maybe not hitting some sort of figure or number that I hoped for, for the quarter, like it's all good. We'll just get after it next quarter kind of thing. Um, but just having that sort of process is, is, has been really helpful over this past, I, I think I started that about a year ago. Love it. What, what else are you doing that you think is, if you kind of sit back and zoom out and peer at your life as a uh, third-party observer, what else are you doing that you think is conducive to success? You have goal setting. We have six days a week working out. We have 25 book equivalents a year. We've got um, huge savings rate. We've got an entrepreneurial venture. 
on the side? What, what else? Family, man. Like family, 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 like making time for it. Like I don't, I don't do any work on Saturday, half of Sunday. Like I just relax with my like family and, and my girlfriend. Um, and that has just like been money in terms of just feeling like refreshed and things like that. Um, and it's something that like I had a really serious conversation um, with, with my, uh, my girlfriend about is because I'm like, I'm very dirty. Like, I'm, like I've always got these thoughts coming in and out of my head or let me go do this or that or this or that. Did you um, say darty? Cause dirty. it sounded like dirty. Oh no. Darty, <laughs> darty. Like, like D-A-R-T-Y. Yes. Not dirty. Not dirty. <laughs> not dirty no. I just want to clarify for people Dar- who didn't quite get dirty. Right. I've got all these like ambitions and things that are kind of coming all over the place. Um, and when I kind of, but I, that, that would lead to burnout all the time throughout school, even like I, I, there was, there was times, you know, I guess I could talk about this too. Like there would be some summers where I'd be working like literally like between internships and bartending and whatever, like 85, 90 hours a week, just like grinding, right. Obviously not sustainable. And so, I remember talking with her and, and then we kind of set that up like, Hey, like, let me just take like, let's just take one day where we just don't do anything. Like you're not on your phone, whatever. And it was just, it's just been amazing. And so now I like really look forward to that. It's a nice sort of break from everything, work and the podcast and life and even working out. Like I just chill, like just take a full day. Um, and it, it really helps, helps me out uh, from a sustainability perspective to kind of just be recharged to go after the week, uh, the next week. That is yet another really important point to hammer home because especially during COVID when people were working from home, it's so easy to be like, oh, I just got to finish up this one thing. And after dinner, go back to your computer because it's already there. And it's that it's so easy to work a whole lot more than 40 hours a week. And when you're not working, you're thinking about it or you've got your phone up and you've got Slack open just in case somebody reaches out because they need something. Mm-hmm. They can wait till tomorrow unless mm-hmm. you're a doctor, in which case don't take my advice. But, you know, <laughs> unless there's life threatening <laughs> things going on, they can wait till later. And taking a moment away from your phone, like what's the worst that happens when you don't have your phone next to you? You missed somebody's Facebook update. Like Who cares? Not a big deal. Yeah. You missed somebody tweeting something funny. Well, you can go back and read it later. You can laugh. Ha ha ha. LOL. You can post. You can post that anytime. Mm-hmm. It's very rarely something life threatening that you're going to miss. Now, of course, if somebody's in the hospital, maybe keep your phone with you, but don't you know <laughs> look at it all the time. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's so easy to be glued to your phone all the time. Yeah. It, it just you know it, it never stops. If but like you can you know. It, it, there's, there's part of it where it's just like, there's always going to be things on your brain and things, what, you know, businesses never stopped kind of thing, whatever. But like, realistically, like, yeah, you're right. You take, you, you take yourself out for just five, like, even if it was like five, 10 seconds, like nothing's going to happen. Oh, it's like a minute, an hour, a day, like the world's not going to, you know, go up in flames just because you don't look at your phone. Right. So that's, and it's so funny. Cause I tell myself that rationally, but sometimes I'll catch myself like on my phone. I'm like, yeah, just put it away. Like, <laughs> you know, like just, just relax, man. Nathan, what, what, um, you, you know, I, I think that some folks listening will find, you know, th- this, I think is what a lot of people should aspire to in their early twenties is something, something like the schedule and the, the habits that you set yourself to with that. That's, that's conducive to success. Um, 
we, you know, unfortunately we only getting the top half of you, but I, I, can, I imagine you're, 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 you're looking very strong and buff with the six days a week <laughs> with all this kind of stuff. But every part of your life is going together with this kind of thing that you're with, with the, what you're, what you're doing with all this kind of stuff. What is the one thing that you think you should start with? Someone else is like, Hey, right now I kind of like, I'm drained from my work. I don't have goals. Last thing I want to do after a long day of work is go listen to like an audio book mm. on success or some <laughs> crap like that. And you know, I don't, I don't want to go and like, I don't know what a vision board is. That sounds kind right. of cheesy. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm not going to work out six times a week. God knows I can only find you know, time for two workouts a week, maybe with that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm putting myself in the shoes of somebody that, that like that. And they're like, there's no way I can replicate what Nathan's doing. What's the one first step that you think someone should take to begin going down that path and maybe having more of the habits that you've built for yourself fall like, in line? Honestly, I honestly think it's like just consuming content. Like, I think that is just such an easy thing to start doing is just consuming content around some of these strategies. There's so many like beautiful, awesome, fantastic, interesting, engaging content creators on YouTube, like shows like this, like where you can just listen to and just be on your way uh, to, to, uh, to work or whatever. And, and um, if you don't like, if it's boring to you, then go find another one because I guarantee you there's so many out there on so many different topics that you'll find one that you like. Um, and, and it'll teach you a lot. And it's, it, it's sort of like a easy or stepping stone. Now, obviously, eventually you're going to have to take action. You're going to have to go out and start building the budget. You're going to have to go sign up for the gym membership and actually go, you're going to have to take the action. Um, but I think if, if, if you can just start watching like content, like I, I used to always say, you know, there's this one thing that you could do is, is measure your, your wants and needs or this or that, or I'd always give like a more like action oriented one. But I think like literally like, I've, and I've told this to people and, and seen it through where they're like, yeah, I just started watching YouTube videos of this guy, Ali Abdal. And then he talked about this productivity thing that I started doing. And then it led to this and it led to that. And, and so I think that's just, just, there's so many awesome, uh, creators out there, um, that, uh, you literally takes zero effort to, to watch and maybe learn from. And, and that'll be a great uh, stepping stone to you taking that first step, that action in whatever area of your life you're trying to improve. I, I couldn't agree more. I think if you put, I, I, I think that if you have to figure out one first step to begin moving towards some of these things, it's listen to audio content, right? And yes, we're a podcast and no, that's not self-serving. Yeah. But, but like, that's, that's what I did, right? I just, I like you were the average of the five people you associate with most mm -hmm. closely. Right. And so if you spend most of your time that you are spent, that you're spending intently listening or attempting to learn in the car, for example, or at the gym or whatever it is, listening to people who are talking about how to improve yourself with that kind of stuff, you're going, that's going to be your normal world. Your, you, Nathan's normal world is listening to successful people talk about what they're doing to in, improve bit by bit, day by day, 1% better every day kind of thing. And so he's getting better 1% one, 1 with that, that kind of stuff. And I think that's the, that's what you have to do. If, I think that's the best first step. I would completely agree. And then everything else begins to fall into place. You're like, why, why don't I have time for a workout <laughs> this week? Like, am I like, like this dude is doing a bunch of workouts. Why, why can't I do that? Right. Or, or you know, the, the, I'm not, I don't have a vision board, but like, am I where 
this person is and, and wants to be? You know, I don't, I don't know. Like those are the types of questions that you begin asking as you start consuming these, 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 that, that type mm -hmm. of content. So I think it's a great Absolutely. place to start. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I just think I like literally like that's what I did. Like I, I'm no joke. Like, I think the first thing I did was like finance podcast. I literally searched up and this podcast and you guys could go listen to it. Optimal finance daily. It's like a fantastic podcast. It narrates, uh, you know, bloggers like Mr. Money Mustache, Financial Samurai, all those guys, um, you know, Kimiko, budgetmom.com. Like those, that was my jam. And I just started listening to it. I'm like, holy, what's fire? What's this? What's that? And it just like, that was the first step for me. And like, and it, it led to kind of where I am and hopefully, you know, some, some, some other place down the road, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And you know, what I like so much about Optimal Finance Daily is you can hear the voice that the author writes in. So mm -hmm. there are some people who find Mr. Money Mustache to be fascinating and they, they want more content from him. And there are other people who think that the tone of his voice is a little too harsh. It's okay <laughs> if he doesn't speak to you. There's somebody who does. And mm -hmm. there is content out there that makes sense to you, that speaks the language you understand, and that will help you further yourself down the path to better finances, even if you don't want financial independence, just having better finances in general. There is a voice for everyone. And, you know, there's, I was, was the, I was just at a conference last week for podcasters. And one of the questions came up in a, in our Stacking Benjamins meetup that happened before the show. Um, and they said, you know, are there too many financial podcasts out there? And Joe said, no, Dave Ramsey gets like a million listens a day or an episode and everybody else combined gets, you know, another million listens per episode. So there's 300 million people in America. That's 2 million people that are listening. And there's probably a lot of overlap between Dave and the other podcasters. Nobody's listening. <laughs> and you need to listen to this and you, your life is so much better when you don't have to worry about money. And, you know, it doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're going to, you know, listen and then everything's going to be fixed the next day. But Everybody in this space is giving you steps to take. You know, everybody has a different first step, but there's steps to take to get you to financial intelligence and financial consciousness. And, you know, when you start being conscious about it, then you can really take some big action. Uh, regarding the vision board, the first time I heard of the concept of vision board, I'm like, yeah, Scott called it cheesy. I'm like, yeah, that's cheesy. What, what am I going to do? <laughs> But do you know who has a vision board? Tiffany Alice. She's got like a billion of them. And does anybody crush it harder than Tiffany? No. <laughs> Scott doesn't do an actual vision board, but he sits down with a piece of paper every morning and writes out his goals and then keeps them in a binder and just adds it to the next. So he can go back and see all the goals for how long have you been doing that, Scott? Like seven years? Yeah, uh, this year I've actually been, or the last quarter I've been doing it weekly, but it's not been working as well. So I'm gonna go back no. to doing it daily. But yeah, I, I have I have probably done that over 1,000 to 1,500 times over the last seven, eight years. And then have you, do you yeah. still have all of your papers? A lot of trees. I have almost all yeah. of them, yep. That's, it's fascinating to go back in time and see where you were at. Oh, look at the progress I've made. Or, hey, there's something that yeah. is not getting done. I'm still not making progress on this. That's where you focus. But yeah. And, and, and so, sometimes I, I kind of have this little thought of like, you know, old Scott is one day, 
might, might like looking at this. So I might put a little extra effort into the, the today's, you know, because, you know, when I'm, when I'm 50 years from now, I might, what did I do, you know, back, the, back in the day when I, you know, uh, knowing through. Scott that yeah. I know that I know right now, old Scott will love looking at this stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's 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 really awesome. No, but I I think yeah, I think it's a tool to to to, to move you towards the goals, and, and it sounds like you do goals every day as well. P- pretty much, or I review them, or I look at them. I I I don't think I write them out every 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 day. That's really cool. Um, maybe I should, but I think you know just having it constantly sort of there in front of you and or or having some thought process around it um you know and i i guess i would i should say it, mine's just words like it's not i don't i don't draw out i don't have pictures and stuff like that but if that's what gets it going for you then do it like whatever it is right whatever it takes for you to to stay on 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 path and and grow and you know all that improve and all that like then do it, it it's it's going to be different for everyone yes and maybe Daily isn't what you want to do. Maybe weekly is better. Whatever works for you is the only thing that has to work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think that's awesome. Scott, I'm going to ask you yet again for the link to your um, goal page, which is very simple. You can set it up, you know, take Scott's and set it up however you want. Uh, but it's it's really, really great. So that'll be found in the show notes, which are at biggerpockets.com slash money show two two nine. Um Okay, we need to get to the famous four, Nathan. Are okay. you ready for that? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Step number one, what is your favorite finance book? Uh, it is The Wealthy Barber by Dave Shelton. That's, I, I, man, I love that book. And then, and then he has, I think he has a remake of it as well, but it's a, just a really easy read. It's a storytelling, just solid. And it teaches on pretty much every financial concept there is. And so really, really love that book. Have we had that recommendation before, Scott? I don't know. Maybe once before. I don't know. But I, I've read that book and I think it's a nice, it's an easy, easy quick, uh, relatable read. It'll be really easy to digest. And I think it's really good. It's got a lot of good fundamentals in it. Um, you can guess what you have to, you have to read it to find out who the main character is. Um, what was your biggest money mistake? Yeah, I, I guess I would say it's, it was, um, going a, a little bit uh, too hard in, in one of my years in, in university, but, uh, Hey, like it, it, it turned me who I'm today. So it's all good. So you have no money mistakes. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I mean, uh, you know what? Uh, I spent frivolously in college a few times. I love it. <laughs> I guess I could, I could also think of, you know, um, I would say, uh, Ooh, crypto. No, no, no. I know. But crypto 2017 put way too much money into it and then lost it all and then sold. That was probably a pretty big mistake. And it kind of taught me the fundamentals of like buying and holding. Now crypto is a whole different space and we could get into that, but that was definitely one where I like, was like, wow, like that is a how to not invest kind of thing. Yeah. And people right now who are uh, into what is it? GameStop and AMC theaters and whatever they're doing right now. Right. You can make money investing and you can lose money investing and you have a better chance of losing it. If you're just following the the trend and not doing your own research or not in- investing intelligently. Exactly. 100%. Yeah. Okay. What is your best piece of advice for people who are just starting out? I would say the content, like just start watching content, consuming content. You know, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but like that is, that is just a single 
easiest, most conducive thing I think that somebody can do literally as soon as you finish this. You're, I mean, if you're listening to this right now, you are doing that right now. So you don't even need to do anything. You're already doing it right now. <laughs> so, but to continue to do that, continue to surround yourself with that, um, you know, and, and, and it'll, it'll definitely make you more likely to uh, take that action that'll actually end up uh, um, leading you down the right path. I love it. Love it. I do want to acknowledge that while I'm, I think I'm wired the same way as you in a lot of ways with this con- consuming content side of things. Um, for those who can't tell while we're listening, <laughs> uh, 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 I think that um, the, you know, we listed six things there, all of which are things that you want to do: set goals, consume content, work out, save, budget, be disciplined, have a cadence, automate your, like all that kind of stuff. But I think everybody's going to have a different starting point. And so if yours is not in the consumption of content, start with another one. Maybe working out triggers all the other good habits because you, while you're working out is when you're going to listen to to whatever it is. But like figure out what that first trigger is and maybe start with just consuming more content in a general sense. Um, although we're probably preaching to the choir on that one. All right. What is your favorite joke to tell at parties? I, you know, you, I, I, I knew this was coming. I literally, I, I couldn't, I think... I, I honestly don't even know. Like a I, I, knock, knock joke. Like <laughs> this is one where I literally sat with for so long. I was so stressed. I was like, I'm just going to tell them <laughs> I don't have anything. Like, I really don't like, like knock, knock joke, but I, I got know. you. I got you. You know, the sun doesn't have to go to college because it's already got like 28 million degrees. There you go. There you go. That she just saved me. She just oh. saved that me. Horrible? <laughs> that's a fantastic joke no, it's because it's, it's scott's joke right <laughs> no i got that no, i looked up it. college student puns yeah. who would just attribute it to unknown <laughs> unknown always means, it, it means me. uh, yeah i don't know all right where can people find out more about you uh, i'm uh, at the new money pod on instagram and tiktok uh i shoot me an instagram dm i respond to every single one um apple podcast uh spotify i'll i'll podcast places at, at the, the new money podcast um but uh yeah reach out i'd love to chat with you guys and, and thank you so much for uh listening to me babble on here and and uh I, I really really appreciate it nathan this was wonderful thank you so much for joining us today i have a feeling that a lot of people who are listening are going to then bring their high school and college kids over and say hey we have to listen to this together and that's what i wanted so i'm so excited thank you so much for your time today amazing thank you so much yeah, appreciate it scott mindy thank you Okay, we'll talk to you soon. Okay, that was Nathan Kennedy. Scott, I think you could sum up this whole show by saying Nathan is conscious about what he's doing. He's not letting life just drag him by and going with the flow. He wants something, so he has made conscious choices to help him get there. He's conscious about his goals. He's conscious about his spending. He's conscious about what he wants out of life. And I think that this is such an inspiring show. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was was awesome. And I think that this is a, the kind of person who's going to be a leader of industry or a thought leader or, you know, uh, already is in a lot of ways, but, but was going to just have a killer career with a lot of this stuff or, 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 or have some sort of enormous impact um, on the community with this. So I, I'm really excited to see where it goes. I think I, I loved talking to that. I love seeing some f- folks trying to do everything in their power to maximize potential. And I, I'm just so optimistic about his his future here. I am too. I am so excited for what he's got. He's in a couple of years, he's going to call back and be like, yeah, so I'm killing everything in life. I'm totally crushing it. I'm the best ever. And except he won't say that because he's humble too. I have a 
request of our listeners today. I want to tell your story. And somebody posted, uh, millennials, quit whining. I paid off $150,000 in student loans and own a $400,000 home because I save. It's not that hard. I make coffee at home. I bus instead of Uber. I shop the sales. I had my parents pay off my loans and buy me a house because I'm daddy's special boy. I got Hulu with ads. Like It's supposed to be funny, but in the comments, there were, I asked, I said, what kind of stories do you want to hear? And he said, personally, I would love to hear more stories about people with salary ranges in the forty to $75,000. The Park Ranger episode was a lot more relatable. Um, for, same for me, as Matt said, below forty dollars to $75,000 salary, someone that is making their way through the confusing and sometimes misleading financial world. Small business owners that haven't hit it big yet with variable income. Um, I want to hear someone fumble through life and 180 degree shift from 30 to 40 income to high income at the age of 27 to 35, maybe not fire, but learning how to grow. So if this is you, I want to help you tell your story to our listeners who will get so much value out of it. Please email me, Mindy at biggerpockets.com or fill out the form at biggerpockets.com slash guest and choose the money show. Go into details when you are filling out the form so I know what your story is about um, because we want to tell the stories that you want to yeah, hear. Yeah, I, I just want, I just also, want to echo that, Mindy, I, uh, because I think a lot of people we hear are like, no, I need to get through this next uh, inflection point before I'm ready to come on the Bigger Pockets Money Show or whatever that is. And, and I just want to like, get that out of people's heads. No, like the best stories, all everybody's got a great story. The best story is everyone's story. But some of the part of that best, uh, best cadre, I guess, is that the, I don't know if I pronounced that right. Uh, uh, the, the best, some of the best stories are folks that have fumbled a few times that have had, you know, challenges in the past that they've overcome and then gotten good with money and begun to, to get on the right track and, and build wealth for their family and that kind of stuff. And so we want to hear more of that. There's no like you're not ready or there's not there, there's a milestone or checklist that we want you to have completed before coming on the show. No, your story could be helping somebody right now who's struggling through something that you've already gone through or overcome. And we want to hear that on, on the show. And, and I, and we want, I think we want to make sure that everyone's, everyone's clear on that. They like, please come on the show. If you've got something that you can share, that's about something you've overcome, even if you're not all the way towards your money goal quite yet, no one's all the way toward their money goal, except for maybe, um, um, Oh, what was his name? Oh, Steve Adcock. Steve Adcock. Yes. Yes. So maybe if you, Steve Adcock has already completed his money goal, that guy, but yeah, <laughs> but most of us haven't, right? Most folks, folks have not completed their, their journey and are still a work in progress with that kind of stuff. And that's that, but there's still powerful lessons to be learned. So if you have an income, um, especially under that $75,000 mark there, maybe, and, and, and we want to hear your story and how you're moving towards financial independence or building wealth, um, because that will help a lot of people. Yes. And if you have a type of story that you would like to hear that you haven't heard, please email me, mindy at biggerpockets.com so I can ask for guests like that too. Uh, to be a guest on the finance review, which we release on Fridays, you can go to biggerpockets.com slash finance review to apply there. Okay. We normally don't ask you very much, but I think we've asked enough today. Scott, should we get Let's out of here? It. From episode 229 of the Bigger Pockets Money Podcast, he is Scott Trench, and I am Mindy Jensen saying fly high, sugar pie.
it's Military Appreciation Month, so I'd like to personally thank all our past guests who have served and all our listeners who are serving, deployed, veterans, or in the reserves. But I'm not the only one showing appreciation. Navy Federal Credit Union wants to celebrate their members who go above and beyond with exclusive rates, discounts, and tools. This month, join Navy Federal and get $50 when you open a credit card. Visit NavyFederal.org slash celebrate to see their Military Appreciation Month offers and other Navy Federal offers. With 24-7 U.S.-based member service and resources for veterans transitioning to civilian life, Navy Federal is here to help you reach your goals. Head to NavyFederal.org slash celebrate. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, Equal Housing Lender. Disclaimer, must join an open membership savings account between May 1st and May 31st. Annual percentage yield 0.25% for membership savings account. $5 minimum balance to open, maintain membership savings account, and to obtain bonus. Visit NavyFederal.org for more terms and conditions.